0: Okay, Brian. Uh, I want you to look down at the uh, page in front of you, and uh, I want you to circle the shapes that are alike. Okay, and and just continue on with that. We oh, just, okay. We just want to know, uh, you know, as we as we bring you back in uh, to the podcast, we just want to gauge the level of brain damage you received from COVID. Uh, should I draw a clock at the end? <laughs> uh, uh, we're getting yeah, we're gonna get to that. Uh, Does
1: this photo look like a butterfly or something <laughs> else?
2: I definitely achieved a level of brain damage from it. That is that part is for sure. Uh, most notably, the brain damage I, I achieved was what I went to go. So because of my job, I have to get tested. Uh, like if I test positive, I have to have like a negative test to go back to work.
1: One and, of the few jobs that do that still.
2: Well, we can get into that whether I need to do it or not. But, <laughs> you know, um, let's just say they leave that open ended. But uh, so I've had to go back to this testing station, which is very conveniently located right by my house. And because this is for the first time, I went to the testing station while being like actually sick. I uh, was not in the mood for the whole like rigmarole of signing up. So I foolishly just took my insurance card with me and just handed them my ID and my insurance card. So no, you've been saying do all for the years.
0: Stuff. Don't do not, that. Don't
2: do it. I know. But that, you know, not doing it involves like extra
0: steps. I just Why? didn't want to do the extra steps. So I've done I, it. No, no, Brian, Brian, I'm gonna tell you right now i i know what one you're talking about the the county one run by u-dub on aurora right no no i, I oh. went to the different one i went to the
2: walk up one that's at the hilariously at the old tuberculosis hospital up the street
0: from oh me. you went north okay yeah well i don't know i don't know who runs that then but the ones run by u-dub i would walk up and uh you know not having signed up and not give them my shit. And stuff yeah,
2: it. yeah. I, it
1: was like, uniquely good on that front, though. A lot yeah. of ones aren't that lenient.
2: Yeah, that's what I've done
0: previously.
2: And, you know, it, but this was just purely, like, okay, I just don't want to fuck with it. I, I just want to yeah. get through and get tested, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, people say when you get, like, oh, I got COVID and I d- it didn't feel bad at all. No, I was, like, fucking sick. And so... I did that only to wake up the next day and pull up this tweet from a guy who's, who tweeted, A cool yeah. thing that happened today is I received a notice <laughs> for my health insurance that a free COVID test I took on April 3rd has now revised its cost and I actually owe them $170. And man, uh, did I feel stupid. So if that is me trying to circle the shapes, you know, I failed the test. I should have just said Brian... fuck and I don't have insurance.
1: I mean, this is just kind of the same thing that we do. This is, you know, our show is kind of a do what we say, not what we do, because, you know, we also kind of miss the boat on the PPP loans too, uh, Mm -hmm. for our podcast to rake in millions of dollars just uh, on our mass on, you know, Magnolia Mindset LLC's massive, uh, you know, corporation uh, (laughs) that we we have
2: pool for Greg's boat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like we could have we could have upped the yacht budget a little bit, um, you know. So, Cockpit, but we tub. knew about that all along and reported on it. Yet, you know, didn't uh, do the fraud ourselves, uh, which conveniently we all got forgiven instantly. So, you know, it, it, it's we. It's okay to know um, and still make the mistake. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah.
2: Yeah, sometimes in life you take an L. The big thing is you gotta you gotta admit it. You gotta own up to it and uh, see what you did wrong, which was telling the truth, all right? Always, yeah. always lie.
1: Always lie. Um that's, that's and the uh, here, here here's me here's me uh being honest and telling the truth is that I, I, I use my insurance card too. So, you know. Ah, uh, we're, both, in got, bail we're now. both We're both we're both fucked you're not well, alone you know I, I, another...
2: i've always told them no insurance and i don't know why but this time i just got it in my head like fuck i just don't want to deal with anything i'll just hand it i'll hand them my stuff and fuck man now i feel so stupid if this if, the, if i get charged for this i'll be so mad
0: the good news is medical bills aren't real and you never have to pay them just don't <laughs> just ignore it <laughs> just ignore it eventually or you know uh Find some way to be laid off for a day so that and on that day you call them. I know this is not easy for everybody, but on that day you call the people you owe money to, you'd be like, I'm uncollectible, just make it go away. Um, send me the form.
1: (laughs) But isn't it like if you acknowledge it, then they can actually go after you. Like if you don't acknowledge it, like it's not real, right?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. Uh Yeah, I I saw that somebody posted this thing about like medical bills where if you don't acknowledge you ever got one, then they don't know if they have the right address so that they can't charge you. And I got to tell you, that is 100% false. (laughs) As uh, somebody who's had to pay big money to a debt collector before, and and honestly, they were sending the stuff to the wrong address. But as uh, the debt collector will tell you, uh, A, they don't have to send you anything again after they mailed it once, and B, they don't have to reveal to you what address they sent it to. (laughs) so <laughs> yeah you know but, it you turns know.
1: out the internet one weird trick to get out of a yeah. uh, medical debt is uh is actually not well, true and
2: the big thing is it's all the loopholes in the laws around debt collection they do exist just none of them are for you right the, yeah, the yeah. person with the debt it's all on their end
0: like every yeah, loophole right. every for the creditor. turn or whatever is for the person collecting the debt well, not for well this is all it's the same old story we we've said this a lot and you know a lot of times this advice like just doesn't conveniently apply to a lot of people but it's like there is a social safety net left in america and you know it's like you just have to be occupying this very particular like economic uh Rung of the ladder where like you like have a foot in society but are also like a shiftless bum. That just happens to be me. And so it's like
1: (laughs) you're just describing (laughs) yourself, man. Yeah, and it's perfect because like, no, actually,
0: this is I mean, ever since uh ever since COVID, um, like right from the beginning, you know, I saw it was like gonna be unemployed for a while. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reapply um I'm going to go change my application for on the health exchange and be like, nah, I'm I'm unemployed, unemployed, like so uh, zero dollars, zero income. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been on Medicaid ever since. I don't have fucking co-pays. I get all the treatment. I want to go to the doctor. And I was already doing that and then just not paying my co. I was paying like, you know, the exchange, whatever. And I didn't end up paying more at the end of the year because I'd make more money than I was like had guessed. You know, that's the best way to do it. And then I would just never pay any of my co-pays and just wait till I was unemployed to call UW Medicine and be like, I- I'm a shiftless bum. And they'd be like, <laughs> okay. And UW <laughs> is better at doing, you know, a lot of like hospitals, including nonprofit ones will like, like fight you, like giving you the information of how to get like the um legally required, like debt, you know, relief for medical bills for need, you know, like, there's all kinds of systems for that. Where you dub is like technically you have to fill out the form, but honestly, there the person on the phone could just hit the button for you. So you just be <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm a bum." Uh, you do that, <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, again, that's just very convenient for me because I'm constantly and religiously laid off. Um, what's so fucked up is now, you know, I've actually had a pretty good year. And so this last year, I've been on Medicaid all year. Greg's made <laughs> upwards of $35,000 this year. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> you no, know, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'd have to add up. And then I don't really know if there's, I don't think it's, there might be some dollar out threshold where like, if you come back with your taxes, they're like, excuse me, sir, you've been on Medicaid all year and getting lots of treatment. Excuse me. And like, I don't know what their recourse is at that point. Um, but you are supposed to, what it does say, what I know it does say in the health exchange when you apply, it's like if your employment situation or your income situation changes significantly for three weeks or more, you have to go in and reapply and change and update that to say like, oh, I'm I'm making a million dollars a year now. And the thing is, all year and like all the time i haven't worked a job longer than three weeks i'm always i work like three days mm-hmm. maybe two and a half weeks i've had some like two and a half week jobs this year which and then felt like, like forever then... i
1: remember those like i distinctly mm-hmm. remember the two and a half week jobs and i'm like holy shit this is long man <laughs> and,
0: and like i uh like and i'm and in my mind i'm like listen my work situation didn't change for more than three weeks i'm now unemployed so if i was to go in and and uh, now reapply or update my thing. It would still say unemployed, income zero dollars. You know, to the, today's date. And uh, now I'm coming up on this job I'm on. I have been working fifty hours a week, pl- full time plus overtime, reg- like all week for now, over two weeks. This and I'm scheduled <laughs> through the end of this week. This could like, be three oh weeks. Fuck, so oh not fuck. only am I like dramatically overworked uh beyond like all human reason and certainly uh, against my own predilections but i i'm running on this up on this real quandary and it's like do i like uh just get out of that last day of work just so i don't have to you know <laughs> in my own mind that's probably wrong and i'm probably fucked anyway Like have to change. uh, uh, Honestly, I should just do it. It's probably open enrollment again now that it's October. So I should just like do it after this job. And like, fudge some like, Oh, yeah, I'll make this much this next year number and then start paying a monthly like discounted exchange rate. I don't know. Either way, I've been working too much guys.
1: Welcome back to Mechanical Freak, that podcast on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today. And folks, let me tell you, the gang's all back. We got Brian back in the mix, in the studio, looking (laughs) fresh, looking good. Um, Mm. You know, you got got the treatment that uh, Trump and Biden got, right? Like the experimental drugs that made you like bisexual for a little bit
2: yeah yeah best week of my life <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just like you, you just went up to u-dub and you're just like i can kiss everyone here i can kiss you i can kiss you
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and uh, if, you,
2: if you want to feel better about covid that's the only way to do it that's that's the only way to not get long covid actually if you didn't take this drug then you actually are you have long covid you just don't know it yet
1: yep exactly uh don't get long COVID and still have strong antibodies this is a one weird trick mechanical freak exclusive (laughs) (laughs) and we have
0: i did you know (laughs) i did i'm not gonna apologize i did want to make it all about me but but seriously you know now that we're back like are you feeling okay you feeling good brian
2: <laughs> actually, I'm feeling better, but I, I was like legit sick for like five days. I, I it was it was not a good time, um, and part of the thing of, of having it. This is actually the first time I've had COVID since the the outbreak started. So I, I'm pretty sure I had it in like February of 2020 when it first started. Nobody knew that it was here yet, but since then I've I've avoided it. And my goddamn students in the first day of school gave it to me. And uh, I was uh, legit pretty, pretty sick. And uh, one of the things that's really cool about being sick with COVID now is every workplace has created extremely ill-defined rules about what you should do when you have it. So uh, I knew at the very least, because I felt sick and tested positive, that I should s- take five days off. But then what constitutes being able to come back is extremely open-ended and unclear uh i've i guess chosen to interpret it as i should not be positive covid positive anymore at least um
0: ah, but but, but that... you've also chosen to keep testing which yeah uh sounds like that's uh, more self-motivated
2: yeah, and I do know that uh, from some other people working teaching jobs that uh, the official policy at some institutions is uh, once you've tested positive, wait five days, don't ever test again, come back. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah,
1: well, Brian, the CDC says <laughs> that five days is enough.
2: Well, also, we've already been notified that on October 31st, like all the COVID guidelines are out at the college. So we're not doing it anymore. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, along with them, the LICE
0: guidelines, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, that was an insane story about it. I mean, if anybody had any faith in the CDC at all, them coming out basically being like, nah, kids could just go to school with lice. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck when they you and your kids. the lice to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And the whole reasoning behind it was, well, we saw in a study that, uh, you know, parents are missing a lot of days of work because their kids get lice and then can't go to school. And so they can't miss that work. So, uh, sorry, the kids got to go to school. And, You know, anyway, that's worked with young kids. It was so funny because people were like, well, it's not like the lice, like, fly across the classroom. The kids have to be touching each other in order uh, to, like, transfer it. And it's like, you know a lot oh about yeah, that children, I can tell, right? The
0: kids yeah. have
1: to touch. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> Lice was a pal. I had, like, the Jackson 5 uh, fro, like, back in, like, fourth grade, like, in elementary <laughs> school. Yeah. It's it quite a picture, no? you know. Um, But and so, like, you know, I, I, my hair was like a mansion for lice. Mm-hmm. We had, like lice outbreaks i was like the fucking like bellagio hotel at (laughs) vegas dude it was crazy and it was a nightmare to get off because you have to like go with a fine tooth comb in my hair and like oh my god dude i remember like that was probably the most pain i've endured like in my life maybe like i still remember (laughs) just how painful that was my mom had to go through like a lice comb in that like big hair Mm -hmm. man Oof. yeah i do not recommend it
2: they really do spread quickly in a classroom because children, little children who are the ones who who tend to get it and spread it, touch each other. And they put (laughs) each other's hats on and all sorts of other stuff, all of which spreads. And, you know, uh, so for the CDC to come out and basically be like, yeah, we've known forever that this of course will cause like lice infestations in school. And the problem is the reason why you isolate kids is because once it starts spreading, it gets really hard to like pin it down, you know? Uh, but the base like no we'll just turn the schools into giant lice factories uh because otherwise you know the economy
0: might lose a nickel so well (laughs) tough luck i mean there it is a shift like that lice is lice is a really like um historically like symbolic uh infestation you know of like of a poverty class you know of Mm -hmm. the wretched of the earth you know um (laughs) it's a notch above like fucking leprosy you know it's it's you know it's a slur uh it's like it's a (laughs) it's what you call call people you don't like you know um and like you know the yeah the the federal government telling public schools like look your job at this point is to keep people at at work and it's, and and it's also only the kids mm. of the poorest 75% of America. So at this point, America, we, we don't, ha- this is like, this is just like the, the adjustment period is like, everyone's like coming to like, understand at all levels, like neoliberalism, is slow to change, but like, as we're moving out of neoliberalism and having destroyed what middle class there was in america all of our institutions are going to have to change and uh schools becoming like prison workhouses for children that are just disease ridden and where they they (laughs) like are you know are covered in lice and like uh wearing filthy clothes and aren't are you know aren't even learning to read they're just like doing menial tasks for some corporation like that's you know that that's how this that's where we're going here you know yeah, and I mean, it. it, it
2: is this, like, startling acknowledgement that, like, no, public schools are just a warehouse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for, a poor, warehouse. for poor kids. For <laughs> poor the, kids, for yeah. the, as, yeah. as As inequality yeah. skyrockets, you have most of America becoming, ex, like, rapidly poorer, and the rest is not in the public schools. They're not there, you know? The people yeah. who matter are gone you know
2: yeah they're all in private school and you know and if you can't afford private school then fuck it your kid deserves to be covered in lice i guess and yeah it's uh it's not great and you know one of the cdc responses were like look the problem isn't that the kids have lice the problem is that like having lice is stigmatized and it, it's like it's this hilarious way Incredible. they use they they like you know jujitsu you know woke language or whatever you want to say like they they jujitsu the stuff to basically be like oh it's okay that the entire school is infested with lice because uh, it's it's actually it's empowering if you think about it and it's like no lice it, like maybe kids should be made fun of for having it but it is bad to have lice like that's not something that on your list of things that you'd want in your life lice is not on that list
1: right <laughs> you know? i do not be- recommend
2: yeah, yeah, being lice-free is, you know, one step on Laszlo's hierarchy of needs.
0: Towards,
2: you know? <laughs> like, so, but, you know, I just love this
0: idea of, like, no,
2: uh, lower your expectations.
0: All right. well, you, know, you know, I mean, but what they you know, at some point, what they're thinking, though, is, like, okay, fine. Like, we'll, we'll stem the current crisis of, of parents missing a lot of work days due to, uh, lice infestations at schools and we will let them explode and then we will solve that next problem of just exploding lice with just regular delousings, which are cheap you know where you yeah, just yeah. like you you spray a bunch of like uh powder at a kid every time he comes in the school you know like
2: yeah, let's do what they did on the U.S.-Mexico border. They'll just put yeah. them in bathhouses and just drench them in kerosene, you know, and make them, yeah. like, wear turpentine rags on their heads for, like, hours <laughs> at a time. Yeah.
1: Well, that, uh, that does suck. Um, you know what also <laughs> sucks, guys? Um, when the SEC starts knocking on your door, <laughs> uh, don't you hate know it? When it's that college happens, football
2: season right, Munya? and you know well, SEC you, know,
0: if, you if you saw
1: if you saw the Alabama versus Arkansas game on Saturday, um, it looked like Arkansas was gonna uh, actually route Alabama. They were they were doing touchdowns like no one's business. Uh, Alabama was making like stupid ass mistakes. But the one thing you got to know about watching Alabama football is that once you see that final score, it was never close to begin with. <laughs> And that's the situation we have here with Kim Kardashian.
2: (laughs) (coughs) The SEC charged
1: uh, Kim Kardashian for unlawfully touting a crypto security and fined her over $1.26 million in penalties.
0: So am I crazy to think like this is unfair to Kim because like haven't like a like a hundred like rich assholes done the same thing
1: well not even like a hundred rich assholes but like also just like even like zooming out just from the individual level right like this will of course make headlines because it's kim kardashian but it's like you know so many like institutions in general have been mm-hmm. like pumping in the same way that like just like kim kardashian might have gotten paid once and like probably it was like her publicist who took you know you just as a whole team it's not like you just dm kim and kim responds is like yeah sure i'll do it right Wait, hold so, on a was- not
2: kim responded to me <laughs> <the Phoenix.
1: laughs> yeah crazy right <laughs> um yeah you know it was like it was like a good way to like earn like a quarter million dollars right it's like any how any ad deal goes right like kim is just an advertiser in mm-hmm. a way so you know it was like oh okay i'll just post this and then get on with it right um you know whereas like and yeah i mean like you know, and he got paid a quarter mil for it. Like that's like easy money, right? Like that's like the going rate for getting Kim to, you know, post something on your behalf. Um so, but like institutions have been like, you know, actually maliciously like pumping and duping uh, you know, people and swindling people out of like crypto actively. Like I mean even like that like cryptocurrency itself, like right? um like Ethereum Max or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean like these these like schemes um that are like you know actively like done upon to like basically just extract kind of just like what like Jordan Belfort did in the Wolf of Wall Street with penny stocks Mm -hmm. right in the same way is just to like you know exploit like a vulnerable um class specifically in America because you know you can kind of like there's like more formulas for people to you know get rich quick and stuff and like this was just like another pitch for that um and you know uh uh a lot of people, including a lot of institutions, have taken advantage of that and have really driven a lot of people to lose their shirts, frankly. Um, And, you know, Kim, like, this is more of just, like, a technicality where it's like, you know, Kim did pump a cryptocurrency and, like, hasn't credited it. But, I mean, if you look at, like, and the reason why it's different is because this is a security and not, like, an advertisement because there's rules around, you know, not, like, posting on Instagram and, like, not disclosing it's an ad. But that's, like that's not enforced. I don't think the FTC enforces mm-hmm. that. Um, so, but you know, I mean, like there was like a ton of celebrities who have been like, you know, taking, you know, money. Cause like, that's, that's like where like the big advertising dollars, like the big payers, like the whales, um, you know, we're at, we're like crypto companies. I mean, let's take it back to my favorite sport right now. Like formula one, like one <laughs> of the principal sponsors, um, on the McLaren team is like... And I didn't even know this until I actually looked it up because like the um logo is just like a barcode that kind of like vaguely <laughs> like reads as like some and i'm like but like it's like very prominently on the racers suits it's very prominently mm-hmm. on L90s. like the actual car right and i'm like why is just a barcode there and it comes to find out it's a fucking crypto exchange and it's just like
0: <laughs> like they're paying, steals they're your paying wallet. Perfect. yeah i mean like yeah. yeah
1: exactly right i mean like they like cri- Crypto exchanges are paying really, really big money for just, like, prime, like, you know slots like they're paying matt damon they're paying yeah. tom brady they're paying to be like principal sponsors on formula one and they're paying kim kardashian Kurt- and like you know people who make cryptocurrencies are paying kim kardashian too right they're just like really big spenders in the ad space right now yeah, yeah. so
2: yeah almost like they're trying to lure suckers in right and yeah uh, it's
1: almost like they want exit liquidity right yeah, like yeah. it's not
2: <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean you, you brought me a good point i mean the reason why this isn't happening to say matt damon is that matt damon did a tv ad and the general understanding is that well yeah everybody knows tv ads are lies so yeah, you know right. that that's not you know so you know in that everybody knows that he was hired right so he doesn't have to disclose in the ad right that he was hired like flow doesn't have to go like uh progressive paid me to do this bad commercial <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah right right um
2: but <laughs> I think what's interesting here is what this says for influencers, right? Which is this new category of advertising that pretends to not be advertising, uh, which is what Kim's getting hit for. But there was a ton of, you know, internet influencers, social media influencers who are pushing crypto in exactly the same way Kim was doing. And SEC is clearly doing this to make a statement, right? Like yeah. you don't put Kim Kardashian on charges unless you're trying to make a statement and i think the statement should be for those small level influencers uh yeah this is probably the last rich person they're going after uh <laughs> but they might be coming for your ass right? yeah. you know, like yeah. <laughs> maybe time to investigate your options with a lawyer you know if uh, you have been yeah. engaged in this grift and uh, honestly fuck them like yeah, this, this no, is some real bullshit you. to engage yeah
1: in i mean seriously up. like abolition except you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now the funniest part about this story which is something of course i think everybody had speculated and joked about but this you know because there was a case around it and made it explicit right before you just could speculate is uh, it does appear kim was definitely paid in government fiat currency ca- dun, hard dun, cash. Dun.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah
0: I, holy shit that's a like they, I, I yeah. Like I'm sure all these people like try to pay in crypto, right? One hundred percent.
1: Yeah, of course, because dude, it will be like like just mint nothing. the money. Isn't the whole point? Right. I mean, that's the they, whole point. What's the product
0: they're selling? They're they're trying to unload their position on on some dude. Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, great, like yeah, that's great. like just
1: another way to unload their position, right?
0: Yeah, so like, but that you know, you mentioned you know who. Uh, Kim's publicist, her team or whatever smelled that and were like, "No, no, no, no. We're doing uh a crime here, okay? We want it <laughs> off the books, yeah, and in cash. Uh real hard fiat, okay? Yeah. We'd like it to be something we could spend. We know yeah, this is right. a scam. So we're we're going to take it in uh Yankee currency. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does imply on her part
2: or management team's part uh you know knowledge in the crime right you know <laughs> <laughs> they can't be like I was a true believer when they're like i I want my money in cash like actual cash
1: yeah uh, no I mean it, it's it's like it could be if if mechanical freak came up to Kim and asked her to do like you know like advertise her podcast for a quarter mill like like that's just the going rate on what she'd post like I don't th- mm-hmm. I don't even think it was really that deep I think that's just like if you want Kim to post for you like that's yeah. the rate yeah. if you have the money then great you know
2: yeah 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 they probably pitched it as like we'll pay you an ethereum and the manager's just like fuck off <laughs> like
1: uh how about no and they're like all right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what is the try yeah. <laughs> so what what do you what is the, like the state of crypto like early at the beginning of the year was the big like wave of like starting with the super bowl like all the big celeb ads matt damon larry david fucking uh tom
1: brady steph curry dude there's yeah.
0: a bunch of them um and <laughs> Fucking, uh, a spike that goddamn spike lee Sp- spike lee yeah, God God, yeah. Spike Lee. oh that man that one
1: sucked so, that was so embarrassing <laughs> oh that, that one sucked so much and Just, it
2: was uh, like
1: th- and, and it was like like trying to like have like this like uh black excellence pitch yeah. to it oh, too yeah. like this is the colonizer money, like and like you know, crypto. <laughs> this this money for the people. This money's for us. It, it's it like was, what? It was so
2: <laughs> cynical. Like the most racist guy in America couldn't come up with an ad that cynical. Like it was <laughs> yeah. incredible. Like I mean, uh, some some people you just wish would go away just for the sake of their legacy. <laughs> like
1: <come> yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah. oh man, it's a bummer.
0: Brutal. I so like that all happened and then you know the the smart money i'm talking about us now uh, yeah, was yeah, on yeah was on that being like you know <laughs> the smart money being <laughs> a, a push to broaden the market to even dumber poorer rubes to to really yeah like you said bring in exit liquidity and then sure enough there was some kind of crash mid-year or something yep yep like what what ended up shaking out like overall what's the now looking at what's the overall picture like how big was that crash what has it meant like they're still selling this shit right like people are still pushing this shit so like what how did it all shake out
1: yeah definitely um so it's kind of like a good summary greg so i mean like just to kind of give you an idea like during the super bowl um, already like crypto was kind of down in 2020, uh, 2022, you know, like in November, just kind of like the stock market, like in November of last year, uh, crypto kind of like peaked, like Bitcoin was at 67.5, like thousand dollars per coin. Um, with doing like volumes, of, like $41 billion of trading like a day. Um, and you know, like during the Super Bowl, uh, the price went down to about like I would say around like forty four thousand. So it went from sixty seven to forty four. That's already like a pretty big like you know like haircut in terms of price. Um, but you know, it was still like you know relatively to where Bitcoin was. It was still like you know it's pretty high still. Um, and you know, like you said, Greg, like after the Super Bowl. Um, it kind of traded flat for a while, and then suddenly in May, that's when the price really started to collapse. It went down from thirty nine thousand all the way down to twenty eight, and then there was another crash a month after that, going from thirty one thousand to nineteen thousand dollars, and it has kind of stayed there um, ever since. Um, so, needless to say, if you look at it from a market cap perspective, with all the bitcoins in the world, um, you know. Uh, that's like going from $1.2 trillion to about $375 billion in terms of like, you know, total value. So, um, there was like quite a big collapse and like a part of that was like a lot of crypto scams were kind of unwinding. Like there's this, uh, there's this, uh, firm called three AC, which was like one of like, uh, it was like a, just a very big, like kind of a crypto hedge fund that was, um, and like crypto lender that like two of the founders just completely ran off with the money <laughs> and like um, who could have seen that uh, coming yeah right uh and like i think south korea now like put out like a warrant for their arrests and stuff and like you know like Interpol's after them and shit like it's, it's crazy because they were like but, you know managing like a shit ton of uh you know coins right and so I mean, that's so
0: it's so funny that like some of a lot of these huge operations turned out to be like scams on a really like basic petty level. Like not like, like everyone could like, it's easy enough to see the scam of like, we're going to pump this and like, and then we're going to unload our position and you're going to be fucked on just the market. Right. And we're going to have taken all your Yankee dollars that you bought the crypto from us in. But like some of, and that's certainly, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of the smartest money got out of, the big coins before those crashes right and uh, all the the fucking dumb money that came in after the super bowl uh probably lost their fucking shirts but like as you know there was lots of online evidence but like so but some of them just went well beyond that and just you know basically like i mean what just embezzled like their whole operations and and like went to some you know equatorial uh place off the grid to live out their lives or something right (laughs)
1: right yeah
0: yeah or or just moved in with their you know big
2: uh float of cash just moved into like higher level financial schemes you know at goldman sachs or something right but yeah yeah sorry i was just gonna say it's it's incredible to look at i mean in a year bitcoin lost two-thirds of its fucking value (laughs) and you're and right, that's considered
1: right. the most stable, you know, currency. Like I mean yeah. like for all of for all of crypto, right? Cuz there's this like website called coinmarketcap.com where you can actually see the total aggregate value of all cryptocurrencies like, you know, in the world and like see that market cap. You know, in November, like November 9th specifically of 2021, um the market cap for all of the cryptocurrencies was worth nearly 3 trillion US dollars, right? Uh today it's worth like About nine hundred million dollars, right? That's like (laughs) that's that's what that's over two trillion dollars of value just like vanishing in less than a year.
2: Yeah. And you know, you look back at it and yeah, you look at some of the obvious schemes and stuff and you say, you know, how is this not obvious? This key as Greg would say, the schemes are so stupid and simple. But if you went back to, like, the railroad schemes of the late 19th century, the same thing. Are the stock market schemes of the 20s or the stock market schemes of the 90s or of the 2000s (laughs) currently? But if you look at all this, they're all incredibly simple, stupid scams, which is you lure the dupes in, then you take their money and you leave. And because you have a lot of money to begin with, A, that allows you to do this, and B, allows you to get away with it, right? And... The thing about crypto, like with all these scams, is the sophisticated part of it that you call it that is the hand waving to pretend that this isn't just theft, right? is isn't just, yeah, exactly. Which is like the constant yelling of technology, technology, mm-hmm. blockchain, blockchain, and just saying words like that that confuse people, right? That's the only part that could rank as sophisticated. Everything else is just the same old snake oil scheme that has been going on for. 200 years you
1: know yeah i mean it's 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 a it's it's elaborate marketing right it's mm-hmm. is to put a specific narrative and idea and really almost ideology um you know in place as a front to what this really is which is just like you know a pretty like you know like basic you know scheme at the end of the day right um and i think like <clears throat> that really came to head when one of the top 10 cryptocurrencies called um, Luna, um, was basically doing this, uh, kind of complex, uh, you know, currency offering, which had a lot of hype around it. It was really well-respected in the crypto community, um, where they would have a stable coin replicating the U S dollar, just like, um, just like other stable coins do. Um, but he said, instead of like, just having U S dollars back that, which is like what, um, you know, Tether and some other, Uh, companies like claim they're doing which um you know in reality i highly doubt that they have like one-to-one u.s dollar to you know their their crypto but anyway that's like the system they claim this was like a totally different one where they were like instead of actually like having the money back it up we'll just have algorithms actually basically like if if our stable coin gets like above one us dollars we'll just trade this other security to bring it down and if it brings it down then the algorithm will buy it up so it'll like just stay there right and so it was just like oh well the algorithm will just correct itself with the market and it's just like using just like basically market theory alone in itself Mm -hmm. instead of actually having anything to back it up right like just pure like kind of like financial engineering to keep this at one dollar and that you know that that worked for a while until it suddenly didn't right and then (laughs) (laughs) And it just like suddenly like nosedove and like collapsed and like, you know, and there was, I mean, this is like a lot of people were invested in. So, you know, the idea was that, oh, as like this algorithm continues to like, you know, buy and sell this to like keep it at $1, their second currency, which was like the one that you bought into, was just going up and up every time it would do that, right? And then suddenly it just like went to zero. And I mean, like about like 58 billion, I think. I mean, I'm kind of making that number up. But like Mm -hmm. it was like it was around like that level of like, you know, number um, Mm -hmm. just vanished instantly. And like a lot of people lost their shirt. I mean, like I remember going on the subreddit and like the suicide hotline was like the top like voted post on that shit. Like, I mean, it was it was brutal, man
0: so yeah. are so how do you how are people still like selling this grift now being like look man it bottomed out it can only go up from here is that well yeah like and so look it's obviously a scam everybody but that doesn't mean you can't make yeah, some yeah. money in it you know i mean that, yeah so what so what so what true believers
1: be- or really just like people who are still pumping uh crypto in general um are calling a crypto winter which they're basically using as like, <laughs> um, uh, they, they they there's a couple things um, involved with crypto winters, right? So they're basically say we all knew that at sixty seven, you know, thousand dollars per Bitcoin, like it was too high. We all knew that now all of the plebs are gone and it's back to 19 just like what happened in 2017 when it went from 20,000 to 3,000 right and then it soared back to 67 now this is our chance to actually you know buy in at the bottom because all of the dumbasses uh, left because they're scared uh, and like now, now we can actually like avoid the bubble hype and actually get to building right so like the crypto winter crew is basically like this is like their rebrand of a collapse basically Saying no, this is actually good because now, like, we can actually focus on the technology, and like, we can actually buy at good like prices, um (laughs) just like last time, right? And they were like, "Look, when this happened before, crypto went back up, so you know this is a good opportunity to buy again." Like that, it's the same logic that you get when, like, you know, and they may not be wrong, right? I mean, like, no, this is the exact same. I. I laughed my ass off when they said this in 2017, like when like mm-hmm. crypto went from 20 K to three K or something. Right. Like it just like nose for like a year. um, And, if, and you know, we know that it came back. Right. So, I mean like who the fuck knows, um, and, and but there the, are people the difference... out there
0: who got, who played it right, got lucky or whatever and made a shitload of money on that. Who yeah. Bought, bought it low and sold before it cr- and got out before it crashed. But like, you know, it, It's not gonna be the the guys it's not the people who bought in because of Matt Damon on the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, no, it's not gonna be you average American,
2: right? I mean No. It's it's the whole thing of like going into the casino and saying, Well, I saw a guy win money at the casino once, therefore I'm gonna win money. It's like, well, that's not really how it
0: works like yes i understand that somebody has won money here before it, but is, not, it is why the machines all flash and make a lot of noise when somebody wins <laughs> yeah
1: yeah right. and you know I, I i like to think about like like we do on this podcast i really like to think about like what actually what forces actually drive this and why does this actually exist right like sure like the rubes buying stuff because of matt damon like sure that's like uh, kind of like a funny I, I would argue that it's a funny sideshow to what's actually going on and why crypto is even such a thing in general right now. Right? Like, yeah, sure. There's like, you know, kind of railroad type scams. So if you look where the smart money is really investing and I want to specifically talk about like, uh, Anderson, uh, Horowitz, a 16 Z, uh, led by Mark Andreessen Uh, he's the founder of Netscape, uh, went on to, uh, you know do a lot in the venture space uh, is like one of the basically like tech gods that people worship like one of like the feel like rich people in tech that like are just like worshipped like crazy um billionaire uh sold skype to ebay and then like you know sat on ebay's board bought back skype and then flipped it to microsoft like you know i mean um and a16z is like one of the largest like venture capital firms um you know in silicon valley and ace and you know of course like venture capital firms in general in silicon valley are uh, involved in crypto but um to a very unique degree um a16z is known for like basically pushing crypto to the extreme like they are the ones like actually backing a lot of crypto projects right and they're the ones that are um you know having like almost like building like an ideological base for like why crypto really matters um there's Mm -hmm. an embarrassing interview with mark anderson like trying to explain it though and when people are asking follow-up questions it kind of gets lost in the mix but you know I think that the reason why uh, Mark Andreessen is so passionate about, um, you know, Web3, right? Like, is, is, other than like a money making opportunity, like just, just to give you an idea, I think um, they closed a crypto fund after the crash that I was speaking of uh, and interest rates rising, which is also, I think, a reason for, you know, crypto falling because like the liquidity is just not really great anymore. Um, but after that, they raised upwards of four billion dollars for a new crypto fund to invest in new crypto projects right and that i mean like that like blew people away but i think why he's like so giddy about this is because you know web3 among web3 is basically crypto right it's it's a rebrand to uh to you know describe like you know crypto and blockchain and everything so i'm just going to use cause that they,
0: they couldn't sell the the currency thing anymore so they're like oh it's a whole new thing of yeah this commerce. is
1: like a whole new like you well, know web 2 was like is like what we're on right now and like now like web 3 is like kind of the future and this is like with the infrastructure that is going to be built on but you know if you take a look at like what That actually means right in context of crypto like nfts are an idea that you can like commodify basically everything and have like you know property private property rights to you know basically anything and like extract a fee uh like if someone wants to license that right like the whole promise of nfts right in theory is that if you own if you own the nft you basically have licensing rights like and you can like you know license out this thing and people will owe you a fee no matter how much it doesn't same mm-hmm. thing yeah, with like
0: you, know, if you buy into for the first time ever yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, rinsing exactly. it a totally,
2: rinsing it in the comments, right? Basically, like, what if we found, what if the comments, what if we enclosed it, just to yeah, show there's right. no like, new What idea? if,
1: what if, what if I owned like a, a meme of an NFT and I got to like charge like you know a fraction of a cent every time it's used? Like that's like the utopian idea, right? Of mm-hmm. like uh, of, of NFTs. Yeah, um, everything
2: enters into the world of commodity exchange. <laughs> that greatly human, you know, humanizing environment that we all know and love.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the web as we know it right now, which is known as, like, Web 2.0, right, like the internet, um, you know, it was built on these open protocols which have not been privatized, right? As much as there's, like, a lot of stuff that is um, private, like, you know, a lot of, like, large tech companies had a lot of different patents on stuff, right? But, like, as far as, like, the, like, core of the web, right, the core of the internet, it just happened because, you know, maybe it was, like, you know, researchers in the government and stuff and researchers at universities like primarily kind of like brought the internet to its you know core. And like the way that it manifested was that a lot of these protocols um, that like you know fundamentally power the internet, are really free open source protocols which cannot be privatized at all right and so whenever these protocols are used that is just like a protocol that is open source just being used and no, um, so no one
0: can charge a rent on it
1: no one can charge a rent on that and that <laughs> yeah. that i mean that is uh billions of dollars in potential rent seeking that's just not there and will never be there on the current web um and i think the founder of netscape you know mark Andreessen. Uh, and a lot of tech billionaires uh, really, really resent that a lot. Mm-hmm. And Web three that is their sense. opportunity to completely um, reverse that. You can't reverse that in Web like that. Web two is already built, right? So if they're mm-hmm. pushing this new entire infrastructure, saying, "Hey, we should just build everything on this thing," right? Like that's a lot more efficient that, and stuff. That's,
0: that's super interesting. So this is like uh, this is like uh, the, m- Facebook's Meta shit right is about um web three right and the way i've heard it described is like that they're in this maybe more like immediate uh consumer end way they're trying to enclose uh you in this like bubble on the internet where you're into their part of the internet so that all your transactions are going through them all your commerce eventually all your entertainment
2: yeah, so it's like it's, a walled
0: garden, basically. You know, and by building a user base in that, they're they're just able to rent seek those rents on everything you're doing. Whether even if something else, even if some other company is a service you're buying, you're going through their bit of the internet, so they're charging a rent on that. And maybe what you're saying, and like that's the easy to understand. That's like the the consumer transaction. Yeah, but what yep, you're talking exactly. it about is also. By building these like new walled gardens that are based that the stuff that is used to run them is based on proprietary code that y- every company is then forced to use and go through that on this back end level they can charge rents every time just the internet works if they manage to do this. Yep, yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is like
2: pure neoliberalism, right? It's the invitation to get every hand in the exchange possible in order to, A, make the exchange as expensive as possible, make the product as shitty as possible, and to make everybody involved as miserable as possible. I mean, it's perfect. It's everything the internet should be, honestly.
0: How do you do that, though? How do you pull this off? I get like the the business model of, let's say, meta with the metaverse bullshit is like, well, they're going to. Try to do what they've done before with Facebook, which is have an online space that draws people in. I mean, sounds like a bad pitch to me, but uh, because it sounds like it sucks, their 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 metaverse product. But like in theory, if they were able to do what they did with Facebook, which is have a bunch of users come onto their platform, then you know they're able to control the commerce that passes through it. But how how do you? Okay, everyone's out there promoting web three and crypto these big players you're saying, but like, how does this physically happen? Like, how does it like, how do you make all the consumers and fucking producers in the world on various ends of e-commerce transactions start to use your proprietary shit instead of something else? So like, is it just like, what are you offering? Is it like, by is it by offering some kind of security or transact it's is it like a transaction product like a way of doing transactions that's through the blockchain through your proprietary code rather than whatever they're using now that now gets them on your platform that you're charging rent for uh, that's otherwise free like is it that simple? Is it a little little bits at a time, like selling these products that then become what people rely on? Or is there something else I'm missing? You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think that, that this is where uh, when people, especially thought leaders in the crypto space are kind of active, this direct question, uh, the answers kind of become a little vague and confusing, honestly, um, I think think that it will be uh, something that's incremental, but like the idea basically is that in order to have basically – weighing off what is like the internet that we know today, which is like Web two, and go to Web three. You'd have to create completely different infrastructures and protocols, and have to convince people that it's actually better to be building on you know this you infrastructure, which by product. the way doesn't exist, right? Yeah, you yeah. need to actually sell it and sell it to developers, right? Um, I'll say just in terms of the currency in enterprise, of course. Um, you know, just as far as like currency wise, um, transactions are much more inefficient on the blockchain than they are. Yeah. Like you know, and yeah. like in so. Life, I mean, this is uh, just like so the can, currency is one small application of like what they you know believe. Like you know, this whole you know platform can be right, but like just as like a proof of concept, I will say that like you know, the like, uh, it, it's a horrible experience to to um, you know transact over the blockchain. It's very not, efficient. Right?
0: there and there's many companies out there who will handle your credit card transaction for porn like very efficiently and cheaply you know like it's very simple Well, Uh, i
2: mean yeah it it's interesting because if you think about it we've already seen these sort of things take over you know not web 3 exactly but this similar mentality of What's a way to get more middlemen involved in every single transaction to siphon the money upwards at, like, higher velocities, right? Right. And, you know, without creating anything new, right? And, yeah. you know, if you look at stuff like DoorDash and things like that, you know, restaurants used to deliver food. They just used employees to do it, that they had to pay,
0: like, a wage and things like that. And and, and, and phone they had to pay, you know, AT&T or whoever. Yeah, you know? yeah, the phone company, right? <laughs> and, you know,
2: like, th- those employees would get paid wages, right? Standard wages. And they would deliver the food, usually at a reasonable time, <laughs> at a reasonable level <laughs> of uh, And they quality, might even get a right? tick. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and they've since replaced that entirely, right? And you know the way they did it is they bought off the producers, right? So DoorDash stuff bought off the restaurants and said, hey, you don't got to have these employees for doing delivery anymore. So maybe you can cut back on your staff and stuff like that. Also, yeah, the customers got to pay more ultimately now to have stuff delivered, but you, it's not your fault anymore. It's it's like our fault, yeah.
0: right? You know, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and so they take blame the hate for it. It's just-in-time sort of thinking. It's just-in-time employment. It's like, if it's a slow night, you don't have an extra person on staff who's like, no, you just literally are paying the fee for the delivery, which means only if the order came in are you paying for that person to go do it. And so what we're
2: left with is delivery that's more expensive is worse and is worse to the employee that doesn't, right? And and the thing is, is that, like, you know, how does that happen? Well, the producers get bought off and everybody else just gets bulldozed. And by the time people realize what's happened, guess what? The old infrastructure has gone and you're stuck with it.
1: Too late. Right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: too late. It's been destroyed. Right. And I imagine they'll probably get what they want with Web3 because there's just so much money to be made with it. And they'll just it'll be the same thing. It'll just be plowed ahead because the yeah. money will push it. And by the time people really on a, on a big scale start to figure out like, oh, we've been had, guess what? You've been fucking had. It's gone. Like, everything is gone. And I
1: think this the spectacle of cryptocurrencies is part of, like, kind of the distraction of, like, what's really even going on, right? Like, that's, like, when we think about crypto, we really do think about the currencies because it's fucking crazy. One, two, it's, like, you know, we're talking about trillions of dollars in a market, right? That's of, like, just, like, digital currency. That's, like, something. But ultimately, like, this is just, like, one proof of concept. I think of, like, a much bigger plan. Like, you know, a lot of, like, weird grifters get created through it, like like any just like kind of like shady market like you know it will attract like the biggest weirdos in the world that are like funny to laugh at but you know at the end of the day right this is like one i think you know small piece of a much bigger uh puzzle that you know i think uh capital and you know a lot of uh you know silicon valley like you know utopian like futurists are really um trying to like place together right these like uh billionaires and venture capitalists um really do have a long term vision that's more than just like uh we can do these railroad schemes and like get out mm-hmm. a lot of them do have that idea but i think also um you know there's a reason why uh crypto projects in general are like raising such big institutional money right and it's not just for you know like petty schemes i think
2: yeah what i think too as the as the center of gravity in american capital and now european capital etc as the center of gravity moved towards finance you know the thing about finance capital is it just moves money around right like it doesn't yeah. make things or anything yeah. like that and it's not even really particularly interested in it right it's interested in taking money from here and putting it here in my pocket right in their pockets yeah. right and uh you know the crypto scam to me just always stunk of all those things which is this is just What you do when you have a lot of money sitting around personally, and you want to use it to generate more money by essentially just luring people into things and like taking their money away. And Web3 has that same feel of like, what if we use this money to take this thing that really has no value, which is the fucking internet, (laughs) and we somehow just attach a ton of rents to it that people then have to pay, Right. And in the end, does it make sense that anybody has to pay a rent to use the internet? Obviously, no, it's fucking stupid. But doesn't mean they're not gonna do it? And yeah, you know I mean, I, I don't think that there's like a really good argument to be made for like landlordism, but it's still but it's existed forever. Right, it's totally. Yeah, I mean, as we know, forever, if
1: you're yeah. a listener to this show, like the best ideas or maybe the most optimal for people at large are, do not win out, right? Like that's not uh-huh. how it works. Just because it's <laughs> like, yeah. just because like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like better for people overall, and just because like a worse option comes up, doesn't mean that that worst option won't be you know adopted ultimately. So you know, I think it's you know important to be diligent and just like you know pay pay attention to like you know a bigger picture of it. Uh, what we can do about it, I'm honestly not sure, but it's it's an interesting development, right?
0: Yeah. You can still, I'll, I'll tell you this, this is, you know, maybe this is Web 2.0 I'm talking about, but, you know, on Brian's analogy here, which is, I think is a good one at least now for now you can still call a restaurant on the phone they may be surprised to get your call (laughs) and and you can still say i'd like to place a to-go order and and then there'll be like a pause and they'll be like yeah okay uh and then you'll see them like like looking around for a pad and a pen (laughs) and then you tell them your order from which they're and you can still read all their menus on their flash websites um (laughs) they all still have and uh you can then go walk to pick it up um and mm-hmm. you can still do that now maybe it'll be easier since the internet you know part of its function was to like put like brick and mortar commerce out of business and like have a a new group of people like uh take uh money out of all your purchases um maybe because there isn't that like standing like edifice that it, the food has to be made at like maybe it'll be easier for them to make the final like shutdown of you know to shut you out of the ways the these older protocols uh that we're using I don't know
2: uh, what Greg is advocating if I could translate this is everybody switch back to dial up all right hell Just yeah 14k modems uh, it know, made a cool sound when you
1: logged in you know
2: yeah, yeah, that's that's the only thing it'd help us. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of bad purchases, I'm going to talk a little <laughs> bit about good purchases. Yeah,
1: let's do and, it.
2: And maybe you guys could explain this to me a little bit. Uh, just one question. What is liquid death? <laughs> I see it <laughs> everywhere. And I got to say, the more I see it, the less I understand it.
1: Well, Brian, have you ever thought of hmm I'm kind of thirsty um, and. <laughs> Let me get a pint glass and uh, turn on my faucet and water comes out, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I and mean, I just you... stick my mouth under it like my cat, but. Uh, well, that's cool know, too.
1: I mean, that's like, that's a <laughs> dude's rock moment for sure. Um, liquid death enables you to do that with the aesthetic of you drinking a beer can.
2: What?
1: So you can look like you're drinking beer when really it's mineral water.
0: I just thought it's uh, I, I mean <laughs> it's baffling. It really is. I mean it it's cool when a product that you you recognize immediately because you've seen it like end capped at grocery stores like in big displays like and just, just walked right on by but you can't It's like it you know when you when you finally you see someone explaining to you what it is on Twitter, you, you actually have the experience of instantly recognizing the product they're talking about, but being surprised that you really actually had no idea that it was just fucking water in that can Uh, yeah and it's not carbonated or anything it's just fucking water in a can I
1: think it's just water in a can yeah Um,
0: this is like we're you know this is some deja vu here because like this part of this discourse is just a replica of 20 years ago the bottled water like oh it comes out of the tap you know like we went through this and look man like everybody like yeah. bottled water is everywhere and then uh more recently the explosion of um lightly flavored carbonated w- waters uh which Also, you know, when that's going it's like, what, what I'm supposed to be drinking this, like this water that's carbonated, which is weird, but barely tastes like anything. Um, And, you know, I don't, I wasn't like fully that skeptical when uh, the Canadian stuff came on the scene, but um, it is my only source of liquid at this point. So
2: well, I, say, I see look, even source, Brian apparently. even
0: Brian Platt is drinking a Lacroix right now yes instead sir. of a full what? a fully sweetened Coca Cola or Doctor Pepper. The, the difference is is that at least Lacroix is both
2: on doctors' orders.
0: That's the difference. Doctor's between orders yeah, me. Doctors' orders. But
2: no, the difference is is that. Uh, LaCroix, which makes it like a reasonable product, is it's both carbonated and flavored. And so it, then it just goes into the diet drink category, yeah, uh, which enough. you can't yeah. easily do at home unless you buy one of those like, unless made, you
1: violate a, BDS.
2: Yeah, yeah. Unless you like, like a maid <laughs> in a Palestinian concentration <laughs> yeah. camp. Also, you thing, thing, can't you know? get good flavors
0: yeah. out of those things. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you yeah, can't that's like there are no the flavors that they sell you are dog shit. Yeah, uh, yeah it's like homebrew. Have you you ever drank anybody's like homebrew beer. Yeah. It's disgusting. Oh. It's like you're an animal. <laughs> Just go to the fucking store. Yeah, waste <laughs> of time. I would yeah. love to be saving some money like uh carbonating up my own uh homebrew La Cola. I, I I've tried it. I, I I never bought the machine, but to test the feasibility I bought, you know, plain carbonated mineral the water. Embassy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like from Amazon, a couple of bottles of little, like, you know, uh, cola uh, flavor, you know, dog shit. Uh, <laughs> wretched. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But liquid death. It just says mountain water. I I don't know. You guys want to answer you? Know, you could you could tell me if you've ever. I've never seen anybody drink one of these.
0: I but it's just
2: uncarbonated water. It's just water out of the tap. Yeah, it's, in bottled your, in, it's bottled in water. It's bottled water. in a can. Which can why would I, like
0: the. It's not. It's tap water. Or whatever. Like because we've can, been yeah. through that. It's it's bottled but, water. It's like Dasani. But,
2: but why do I want it in a can? So but this is not? this
1: is like so. The, if you <laughs> there's like interviews with the you know the CEO and like um, his argument for liquid death, which is by the way just like a three year old startup. And why we're talking about is that it uh, is now uh, valued at seven hundred million dollars. Um, <laughs> <Just>
2: astonishing,
1: <laughs> almost a billion dollar company at this point. Um, and his, his argument for why like liquid death is blowing up in the way that it is, right? It says to be it's on pace for $130 million in sales this year, which is up from $45 million last year. Um, pretty, you know, astonishing growth. Is that basically like, you know... Um, Sober people at parties uh, don't know what to do. American culture is so focused around.
0: (laughs) Okay. Go home. (laughs) The thing we're also not mentioning here. So, yes, it comes in a tall boy can, but also the design and the art on the can is, like, the style and the image, like, jumps out at you as, like, how can I describe this? Like the image that uh, you know you would associate, the kind of thing um, that will make sense to everybody. A like mid century spooky Halloween novelty record. Did I get it? Did I get it right? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's, that's that's exactly right. I mean, it has like the D, like it kind of like has like the Guinness or like you know uh, Miller kind of typeface uh, that with like the. Um, this like a skull, like really kind of like Ur liquid death, like, you know, like oozing, uh,
2: spooky
0: ooh, skull. Ooh, skull. Well, uh,
2: <laughs> what I think, like, but to, to hit a point, Greg said, metal. That, I, don't, it's metal. I don't know the that we even is, need to describe metal. this because everyone in the world has seen it on yeah, every in yeah. camera. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't know why I mean, we were no, describing this. This is a true op like
0: that, that's yeah, all i can right. think this is not right, right? <laughs> to make you think that a this is a real product yeah people are buying it i just come back to the same thing not only have we done like the bottled water discourse like which lasted for years like this was i don't know Muna, honestly this people were right though we we were stupid to accept it well, no, I, it's a nightmare. I mean, already we should have known that like disposable plastic was like a nightmarish idea. But then, yeah, that's but anyway, but um, also like, I mean, I bet a lot of people in America are glad that it's readily available at this point uh, because their water has fucking lead in it um but then again the bottled water probably does too who knows yeah, saying, um, the problem is
2: the the bottled water comes from comes the american from the t- water <laughs> yeah, supply too yeah. so you know um,
0: <laughs> but the thing is isn't i mean this is so this is so many things right it's we're just every we're it's shocking that someone managed to do such a goofy stunt product and that is just like more bottled water and get like and get one over on everybody and juice their stock price like 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 it's 1999 again like yeah but like this has happened so many times this is just this is just our life this is just uh what consumer products are now you
1: know well yeah and and it's it's so funny because like in this bloomberg article uh which we'll, we'll we'll link in the uh description um it's funny because like this is backed by science ventures, which also backed a dollar shave club, which like sold to Unilever in 2016 for like about a billion dollars. And the co uh, the co-founder of science ventures um, is basically saying like, yeah, you know, the CEO of liquid death, uh, he has marketing talent and he says, quote, consumers are smart. They know they're being marketed to. So there's a wink nod, nod to them saying, let's have fun and like <laughs> that's that that's basically his pitch to why liquid death is it, successful. incredible
0: <laughs> i mean this it's like uh yeah like the the startup culture has you know jumped the shark or something like that's that's yeah so that's all they're doing they're they're doing like a really good marketing stunt like to drive up a value and get bought out i mean it's like the same it's like it we've just seen it so many times you know it's funny that someone did a metal water a a a a badass metal uh beer can (laughs) full of bottled water to do this like it's just so bad it's so easy it's like there's just money on the table everywhere if because the only currency at this point is marketing
2: well, yeah, and, I mean, it, this shows that market is the only innovation capitalism has too.
0: Right? People like, are desperate can't for anything right. new. They can only
2: market things.
0: Nothing can yeah. actually change, right? No, no problems yeah. can be solved. People's lives can't be bettered. But at least there can be a new product that is someone <laughs> th- that that it feels like someone put effort into. If not the product itself, at least the marketing. Something for you to appreciate and buy. That's what he's saying there. Like when you know yeah. you're being marketed to, there's a wink. But you can go like, damn, someone real someone's really like doing something there. Someone's putting some effort in and it's working and I can yeah, I'll choose that. this I over the
1: Dasani now. I'll buy the I got the tall boy over the fucking Dasani is basically yeah, what he's saying. I get saying. to
0: make that choice because I can't get that from voting, you know. I can't get it from actually like buying a product uh that's going to like be of value or last because everything is shit and I'm I'm too poor to afford like a real good thing of any kind. But something disposable that is basically marketing that I'm buying at least, at least it's something that's uh, there's some quality recognized there. You know, it's the hollowest, it's the hollowest possible quality in that it's only, it's (laughs) just in the marketing, but like when there's nothing else, when there's nothing else of value to consume, I mean, that's what is left to appreciate or, or spend your vote with your dollar on, I don't know. There's an impulse Out there to to appreciate uh, and direct your your consumption toward. And this is all that's left. Yeah.
2: Incredible. Well, I I think this all bodes well for the future.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, they say that they're going to be making more flavored drinks in the future. And he believes that brand loyalty will keep it competitive against uh, LaCroix and Bubbly. So, you know, (laughs) watch out, Brian. We might see a liquid death.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's genius like they oh, come yeah. in do so, well, how do we get into the now overcrowded water market the bottled water then the lightly flavored carbonated water you can't it's like everyone's already done it how do you get in it make something generally so stupid and <laughs> fucking <pay grocery laughs> stores to put on the shelf that it becomes a meme and then you can just do what you really wanted to do which is start selling the shit everyone else is selling genius yeah. they're gonna come out with but you know uh branded flavors of carbonated water you know yeah as always the joke's on us
1: yep
2: <laughs>
1: well we're just living in like an epic bacon vader's world now you know like this is just <laughs> they won like... that's all you can do <laughs> is
0: upvote uh, yeah, yeah. Reddit Literally. The, yeah, that, yeah 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 no, you, yeah, um, that's right uh i've only seen screenshots of reddit yeah and, and the occasional um map spreadsheet uh thread uh yeah sure
1: i mean that's all you need don't, don't yeah you, you're not missing much
0: yeah, yeah. that's all yeah. you need
1: <laughs> all right well i think it's time to crack open a liquid death and uh you know kick back and relax and say goodbye
2: Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.